Welcome to the Good News Cafe. This podcast is produced by Child Evangelism Fellowship of Northern Virginia. My name is Ray Sito, and our special guest today is E.J. Huang, the Korean Director of Child Evangelism Fellowship here in Northern Virginia. He will be teaching part one of a 12-part series on the victorious life. This series of lessons was written by Pastor J. Irvin Oberholzer. He was the founder of Child Evangelism Fellowship and wrote this series in 1938 to equip Christian workers for the ministry. Thank you, Ray, and grace and shalom to you who listened to this episode. It is an honor to teach this series to you today. As we all experience, the COVID-19, which broke out in January 2020, has changed our life dramatically. No cures, no vaccines at this point. And social distancing, wash your hands, and wear a mask they became a mandate to define our lives during this pandemic. All of us have been persuaded by very distressing news, warnings, the number of deaths, or the COVID-19 cases. People in your family or in your neighbor may share their anxiety and fear. Perhaps you are the person who expresses this anxiety and fear. Anxiety and fear or mistrust. You know, this is not a word used by people in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul reminds us of God's promise in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, which says, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We need to be thankful for His wonderful promises. His promises are always true, whether you believe it or not. So do you have a peace of mind? Do you trust that God is in control of all things? Since we have experienced what COVID-19 looks like, we are very much aware of this virus. However, have you ever realized that we are fighting every day with something that is far more deadly than the COVID-19. Do you know what it is? It is literally not a virus, but a sort of virus in a figurative sense. It is called S-I-N. This virus of sin is so terrible that we experience or see countless cases of sin in our life or in the news media every day. The bigger problem is the virus of sin has so many varieties and is so contagious that many people live without knowing that they are infected. Even the Bible says that we were born with this sinful nature. There are no cures, nor vaccines, except the only one solution. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Through the remedy called the gospel, we are exempt from judgment for sin. And through the vaccine called the gospel, all the children of God can live without fear and anxiety on the earth, even though the virus of sin is still prevalent and the possibility of infection is very high. 
by God's grace and the good news of Jesus Christ, we can overcome the power of sin. Dear faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, when you hear the word victory, what comes to your mind first? You may think of a time when you win big or small competitions, or when you have overcome difficult conditions and finally achieve what you want. The more difficult or difficult the process, the greater the joy of victory. After receiving Jesus as your personal Savior, you may have experienced that the Christian life on earth is not as easy as you think. Of course, you are living a completely different life from the life you lived before knowing Jesus Christ. However, you are still not free from the sins you are habitually committing, and you often fall for the temptation of sin and feel defeated. Am I right? If you say yes, you are not alone. Let me introduce Pastor J. Irvin Overholzer. He was called Mr. O for short. He is a person who founded the world's largest evangelistic outreach to children in 1937. God gave him a vision when he was 60 years old. He dreamed of an army of evangelists to children circling the globe at a time when it seemed impossible to him and doubtful to others. That's how Child Evangelism Fellowship started in the beginning. Mr. O spent hours daily praying over the globe of the world for spiritual condition of children, as well as more child evangelists. He was a man of prayer and was known as a weeping prophet. For over the past 80 years, God has answered and blessed the prayers that He planted in this man's heart. God has raised up child evangelists to preach the gospel to children all over the nations, except for a few countries as of now. North Korea is a one of the very tough countries. Looking back on the history of the Child Evangelism Fellowship for the past over 80 years, I am amazed how God had used Mr. O to fulfill God's vision and raised ordinary people to keep carrying this global vision. In spite of his amazing achievement, he confessed in his writing that he struggled to live a powerful and victorious life over sin, over sufferings and trials, and in serving God. Let me read his testimony for you. Quote, For 16 years, I tried to be justified by works, by service, by keeping commandments, and by observing ordinances. There was no supernatural blessing and no fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Then by the grace of God, I came to see the finished work of Christ. My soul was flooded with the blessing of His presence, day after day and year after year. 
I believe all of those years I was born again. In fact, the greater part of the time I was an ordained minister. Another 16 years was spent struggling for victory over sin and power for service. I must admit, there was a blessing in each of these areas accountable only by the unmerited grace of God. But there was so much of miserable defeat without the knowledge that Christ gives victory just as He gives salvation. All of grace. Finally, to see and experience the freedom from besetting sins and receive undreamed of blessings in service sums up another period in my life. End of the quote. You know, Mr. O experienced a definite call to share what he learned from his studies and his experiences with many Christians who know the same experience. That's why he wrote this series in 1938. I have had a privilege to teach Korean workers this series for a few years, and it has been a very powerful and wonderful experiences in my life, as well as in their lives. I heard many testimonies from people I had taught. So, uh, let's take a journey to explore God's truths about the victorious life. The Bible teaches victory in three distinct areas of living, such as victory over sin and triumph over suffering and trials and power in serving God. One might enjoy victory in one without having claimed it in the others. However, we believe that our Lord wants us to win in all three areas. In each of these areas, Victory is all of Him and all of grace because our God is a God of all grace. So here is the truth. The victorious life rests on mighty promises. In the Gospel of John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus cried, saying, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of this heart will flow rivers of living water. The Apostle John explained that Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in Him as Savior were to receive afterward. Every believer had received this Spirit, so the wonderful promise is for each one. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, the Apostle Paul reminded the church members in Corinth that the body and spirit of Christians are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God is in us. So all the possibilities of living water, which is the uh, Holy Spirit, are within you and me. Again, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly in John chapter 10 verse 10. You know, Jesus is preparing for each believer to enjoy life that is more abundant. In addition to this promise, our Lord said, The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. You know, to have much fruit in our lives 
is the Lord's plan for us. He stands ready to make this promise true. The life of victory is called by various names in the Bible. The Spirit-filled life in Ephesians 5.18 The abiding life in John uh, 15.5 The abundant life in John 10.10 10. The blameless life in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 The more than conqueror life in Romans 8.37 The perfect or mature life in Philippians 3.15 The life of Christ in Galatians 2.20 The name of the victorious life comes from 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Let me read this verse for you. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We should remember that the victorious life is a life of moment-by-moment -moment victory over all known sin, over trials and circumstances, and in serving God. So now, I want to share the six promises that the victorious life depends on. Okay? The promise number one, the victorious life is a life of victory over sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says that sin will no longer be a master over us since we are not under law as slaves but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. What a mighty promise. However, we need to remember that the victorious life is not a life of sinless perfection, even though it is one of victory over sin. A life without sin cannot be attainable in this world. You know, several passages in the Bible tell us that while we live on earth, we are still affected by the temptation of sin and the power of sin. When the Apostle John says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, you know, he talks to Christian believers, not to people in the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 indicates that we will face the temptation that is common to human experience. However, God is faithful to His Word, and He will not let us be tempted beyond our ability to resist. But along with the temptation He has in the past, is now, and will always provide a way out as well, so that we will be able to endure it without yielding, and will overcome temptation with joy. Not only that, our Lord always lives to intercede and intervene on our behalf with God in order to save us forever in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. So after becoming children of God, we are not children left alone to live on this earth. 
our Lord knows that we may fall on the temptation of sin and will face trials. That's why he said that he would give us the ability to endure this trial or a way to escape. And he would intercede and pray for you and me. He would give grace to strengthen us, making us what we ought to be. Therefore, we are not alone and we can overcome sin. So promise number two. The victorious life is a life of power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that we will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. This power and ability are specifically for living as a witness of Jesus Christ. And we know that this promise is absolute. In John chapter 14 verse 12, Jesus said, that those who believe in Him will not only do what the Lord has done, but will do more dramatic works than any other amazing works of Jesus. Now, this is possible because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, Jesus was now working in and through you and me. Not only we have power in serving God, but also we have a powerful weapon. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse, uh, verse 4 reminds us that we have powerful weapons that can guarantee victory. The weapons Paul used in this verse are the proclaimed word of God and prayer. Weapons with divine power. When we live as a witness of our Lord Jesus Christ in this world, no matter what trials, ridicule, and persecution we face, we can win. Promise number three. The victorious life is a more than conqueror life. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, that while living on earth in all things such as suffering, physical weakness, persecution, life, and even death, we can keep on winning a glorious victory through Jesus Christ because of His love. What Paul said is that what he meant. He did not brag about how strong he was. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 illustrates what Paul means about being fragile, and how power comes from God to save him. Listen what Paul experienced. Quote, We are pressured in every way, but not crushed. Unsure of finding a way out, but not driven to despair. Hunted down and persecuted, but not deserted to stand alone. Struck down, but never destroyed. End of quote. Wow, you know, this is a powerful and humble testimony of a person who lived a victorious life by the grace of God. You and I can proclaim the same testimony and give thanks to the Lord because of His grace and power. It reminds me one of my favorite songs. Let's enjoy some portion of this song. 
Can you give thanks to the Lord in spite of challenges or trials you may face? Yes, you can. Not because of who you are, but because of what He has done. Not because of what you have done, but because of who He is. Promise number four. The victorious life is a life of abiding inner peace. And events can affect our life, regardless of whether it is small or big. For instance, a disagreement with your spouse or your child, loss of your loved ones, health issues, financial difficulties, or the COVID-19, and so on. It can be like a leaf gently swaying in the wind, or like a perfect storm, like a job situation in the Bible. The question is about how we react to these events. Are you having an uneasy, sleepless night during the tough times? Or do you place your life in His hands and rest secure in His plan while asking the Lord of His wisdom and guidance? There is no rest and there is no peace until you give all your worries and cares to the Lord. In John chapter 14, 27, our Lord says that peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Are you now? enjoying this peaceful life is abiding and inner peace will calm us in every circumstance and give us courage and strength for every challenge promise number five the victorious life is a life of love the very love of god masters the life so that all that is not love disappears. Jesus prayed that we might have this love. The Holy Spirit gave it to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is very familiar to us and called the chapter of love, describes this kind of love from the Holy Spirit. The last promise, promise number six, the victorious life is a life that does not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Apostle Paul encourages believers in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to walk habitually in the Holy Spirit by seeking Him and be responsive to His guidance so that we will not carry out the desire of the sinful nature which responds impulsively without regard for God and His precepts. The desire of the flesh is against the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in detail from verses 19 to 21 about the sins we can commit when we act according to the desires of the flesh. In addition, verses 22 and 23 explain the nine spiritual fruits that Christians can bear when they act according to the Holy Spirit not the desire of the body. A life of victory 
is not only a life that does not satisfy the greed of the body, but also a life that bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit. However, how is this life possible? Would it be possible if we take advanced Bible classes in a seminary? Would it be possible if we attend seminars or watch the sermons of famous pastors on the internet? Would it be possible if we pray with fasting for a week or even longer? Would it be possible if we got a help from a professional counselor? You know, all of these things have a good benefit, but by all our own ability and effort, we cannot get rid of the lust of the flesh. Only the Holy Spirit who dwells within you and me can do and give us the power for victory over sin. Being led by the Holy Spirit means to go where the Holy Spirit moves, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to discern the will of the Holy Spirit, and to receive the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let me share briefly with what I do. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is to pray to God and read a portion of the Bible according to my devotional plan. After reading the portion a few times, I write a verse or draw something that comes up in my mind. Then I ask my Lord of a few questions related to the verse or picture I draw. A pleasant conversation begins by doing this, and the conversation between my Lord and me keep going on at work or at home throughout the day. If my Lord reveals something in my heart to change through His Word, I look forward for Him to taking care of this matter. Why? If I try to change my sinful habit or attitude, by my own strengths and effort, I know that I will be frustrated again. Like Paul's confession in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I confess every day, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And before I go to bed, I give glory to the Lord, looking back on what he has changed in my heart throughout the day. Let me sum up the, next, uh, the six promises that we have covered in this episode. The victorious life is a life of victory over sin and it is a life of power and it is more than concurrent life and it is a life of abiding and inner peace and it is a life of love lastly it is a life that does not fulfill the lust of the flesh but please remember this Victory may be lost if the conditions upon which it rests are violated. A victorious life is not something that can be achieved by my own strength. 
It is a life led by the power of the Holy Spirit within you and me. It is the blessing that we can experience when you and I fully give the Lord all the rights that we think are mine. So are you ready to experience these blessings this week? Thank you for joining us today for the first episode of The Victorious Life. Until next time, I pray that our Lord will lead you in His grace where you experience a victorious life each day.